0: I, I, I. That? <laughs> Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of Pretentious Internet Theatre, the show so late that Apple had to release another version of the iPhone to be able to capture its pure essence. I am your host, Andrew Cook. Tonight, on Pretentious Internet Theatre, we start off a fall of Pit, the autumn of your discontent. Before we do so, <clears throat> perhaps you may have noticed that some of my episodes are going online on my YouTube channel, The Pit Podcast. That's correct. I'm archiving as many episodes as I possibly can and putting them up there for you. By the end of the fall, the entire series should be up there for your listening availabilities. The reason for this is because I'm between hosts right now. As my previous host, uh, we'll get into that in a bit later, don't want to quite burn all my bridges yet. But I'm grateful for those of you who emailed me, have endured, following me on Facebook at Pretentious Internet Theatre, of course, following us on Twitter At Pit Podcast. In having done this show since 2009, I've learned that there is another copycat. No, I'm not making reference to anybody who does a podcast similar to this one. Godspeed, you reading fan fiction and being able to get through it. I know how difficult it is. No, I'm referring of course to somebody else who decided to put classical music to fan fiction. E.L. James. That's right. I'm pretty sure that you have probably seen the pop-up ad in some of my podcasts that I put on YouTube. Which has a message from E.L. James telling you that you can now purchase classical music set to her fan fiction. You're ripping me off. I intend to send a cease and desist letter to you, Miss James. You know, I, I, I should be a little bit more focused on happiness. This is the time of celebration. This is the season... Of celebration. This is the fall of pitch. This is the time in which you are going to learn about internet literature that only I can bring to you. And others that attempt to bring this to you as well as they can. And God bless them. But I'll be bringing it to you my way. It reminds me of a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. For every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. And tonight... Your selection, since I want to capitalize on a popular phrase. I'm going to do a Gundam Wing fanfic. You can check out my Gundam style. Enjoy. Pretentious Internet Theater proudly presents Five Times Someone Figured Out Hero Was a Girl by Azuka Kureiru. This started out as a cranky I am conversation with friends. Then I blinked at it, and it was three, three hundred words later. Okay, then, who am I to go against the gender-bending muses? This contains no pairing, though heavy subtext and potential for several of them, both with some of the G-Boys and Braylina. What can I say? everyone's wants hero. hmm this contains no bashing, either, because bashing sucks monkey balls. Relina was a polite, well-bred lady. Did not look at people's crotches. Even when their skin-tight, spandex shorts that seemed painted on, a step away from full frontal nudity. Stranger on the beach was so wiry, shoulders well-defined, tenders at the neck, clearly visible rough hands, Short, unkempt hair, big, ugly shoes, so striking through. Those intense eyes so full of mystery she wanted to discover, so full of a strange purpose and a life she couldn't envision suffocating inside her own. Later at school she recognised those wild beast eyes straight away, cruising amongst tame herds that couldn't see past the camouflage to understand how alien, how out of place they were girl combed her hair some, added, Relena presumed. Extensions to give the illusion of girlish locks tumbling to narrow shoulders. No makeup, no nail polish, and the hair still looked like it would be rough to the touch. Anything but sleek and fine. The way she strode through the crowd of Relena's admirers wasn't feminine either. Didn't roll her narrow hips. And Relena could have wondered if perhaps she wasn't a boy in disguise. After all with a small but impressed tempting that white blouse then Hero leaned in to wipe her tears and her vest gaped Melina saw the shadow of dark nipples through the linen the girl strode away flat heels strangely silent on the tiles skirts blowing after her leaving behind a torn invitation and promise of death and so many questions so many mysteries another world entirely Nina still wanted to discover her. Duo was neither polite nor well the bread, so he knew pretty much straight away. The palm on his Gundam was painted with blood. He picked up that too-light body, a jumble of tendons and bones that felt hollow, gathered it amongst its chest, still breathing. The bandages under the tank top seemed to have prevented some burns, though they'd been there to protect an older injury, he feared them. What he might discover couldn't be that bad if number one had been fighting anyway. Walked out of the old playground parking he was hiding heavy arms in. Made his way to the circus. Catherine's trailer at the edge farthest from the public. She was there, waiting up with a cup of tea long gone cold. When he came in, looked relieved first. Then pale and shocked. It's fine, he said. I'll take care of it went to his bedroom. Catherine hovered at his shoulders, hesitant. Are you sure I could? I just need hot water to clean the wounds and bandages. The rest, heavy duty antiseptics, tweezers for the shrapnel. Needles and thread. Sew so wounds closed he already had. Catherine regained her nerve fast. Circus training came with its share of accidents. Torah Sure she seemed worse, deposited his armful on white sheets and fished his hunting knife to the boot to start cutting blood soaked cloth away. Oh ha huh. not a previous injury, then started cutting tacky bondages away, wet them with hot water Catherine had just brought back to loosen the crust, keeping them stuck to wounds underneath. Hmm said Catherine over his shoulder. Trower kept washing hot water and then antiseptics, methodically counting broken bones and the likely crack on the dark, messy hair. Um, Trower, picked up the thread and needle. We're fellow pilots, he said quietly as he pierced the skin. I'll do it. But, um, mm, he stood up, gave a wiry quirk of his eyebrow. I'll be happy if you can take over pan duties later. Catherine! looked her way up Hero's broken body, clad in blood and bruises, and up at him and then she laughed at him, short and guilty, finding amusement from any of it. But real anyway, her shoulders relaxing noticeably. Trower gave her a faint it'll be all right smile, she sighed and nodded her acceptance. Very well, but I'm afraid that means you'll have to go camping under the trailer It'd be much too improper or you could trade your room for mine or you could sleep under the trailer she gave him a glare and voice too gentle for her words that's what you get for bringing home all these floozies on her way out she smoothed down hero's hair softly and flipped a corner of the sheets over her body for modesty's sake trower waited until she was gone and pushed it off it was more for her modesty than either the pilots. She was pretty sure that Hero wouldn't care he had seen her naked. Miss Relina welcomed them in her office with the poise of an experienced school principal, perhaps a princess. On behalf of the institution, I welcome you both. Your admission, she said, and then smiled. Quartre smiled back, his expression polite and controlled, reminded them of home and past the fine sisters. There was sincerity underneath so it wasn't hard to mean his own as well he wasn't surprised that she only had eyes for hero though dark broody and mysterious we had apparently known each other for a little bit already perhaps she would soften his heart. quadrace fellow pilot needed it he also deserved it, more than anyone he knew haven't you received your school uniform yet i don't plan to stay long but once i'm done here i'm leaving Quartre protested, of course, through it, though it fell on duff ears, of course. And then, Velina protested to genteelly soft voice harpoon them with potential news of Troa's whereabouts. Harpoon Quartre, at least, because there was no way he was leaving now, but Hero, biting his lip this. Hero had proven resistant to Quartre's pleading, but it seemed Velina. And just the kind of patient stubbornness needing to go against the mule headways. To the end, she won, and Quartre was amazed, yet not surprised at all. He was a bit more surprised when, upon Hero's agreement, Relaena proceeded to direct them to separate changing rooms, and then follow Hero into his. Huh? Apparently they were further than their acquaintances, and didn't need as much intervention as he had thought. Made him smile for a bit. Before he started wondering about Troa again, came back out trying his cravat to a very proper knot. Just a familiar, drudging up uncomfortable memories of galas and balls he never wanted to go to. Which now he regretted. If he could have spent more time with his father, even time spent politicking. Hero, why are you in a skirt? Hero glowered at the white, frilly, button up shirt he was adjusting. Bushy brows scrunched together. It's the uniform. The skirt was off-white, long and full-pleated, marvellous and feminine. Underneath Hero was wearing Mary Jane's and very proper little socks. Quatre stared some more in utter confusion in the doorway behind Hero, Lena, smiling indulgently. It's cuter that way, isn't it? Fifteen years of deportment lessons was barely enough to come to the rescue in time to school his face when Hero looked up. I, um, didn't know you preferred this one, he said, somehow managing politely interested instead of nonplussed. I didn't, Hero grumbled back with his low-veiled voice, but if we're staying here and tracking danger on her head, we might as well guard her. Someone has to be able to follow her in the woman's bathroom disgruntled in his voice hinted to Quartre that he was parroting a Relina argument not liking it much he had not found a counter Quartre blinked fighting not to glance at Relina lest she read on his face that he was now wondering whether blackmailing Hero into cross-dressing was one of her hobbies Relina stepped up and handed Hero the hot pink mutton-sleeved vest that went with the uniform and when Hero put it on and buttoned it up Quartre really couldn't help staring this time. Years of training or not, the vest was tailored to narrow at the waist and flare at the hips. It was like an optical illusion. Without the vest, a plank and a skirt. With the vest, suddenly there were hips. And the eye looked at the symmetrical flaring over the waist, of course, and then found it. Barely there, but there. I'm sorry. I don't have hair extensions for you, but you know a girl doesn't need long hair to be pretty. I think we make do with the Alice band or a couple of hair clips. I don't want to be pretty, hero growled, eyes narrowing. But you need to blend in, Melina replied softly and the other girls will tease you. Wouldn't it be easier to just avoid the situation entirely? Hero's eyes narrowed like that had been a challenge. It was so normal the courtroom had just reacted, feeling strangely disconnected from the situation. Also, your hair will be out of your eyes, isn't that more practical? Fine, hurry up. Giggling, Melina shepherded them back to her office. I can't believe it. I could talk into a coat with nail pile-ish. No, I don't think so. She turned her back to hi the other person in the skirt. And her smile went all soft and gentle and private. Quatre blushed a little to see it. Thank you, hero. Hiro followed without a word and sat where directed and allowed Relina's hands to lift long bangs and comb them back, face set in stone. A very androgynous face, really, one that could pass for a girl easily. Browse my needs and plucking first to conform the current ideals. But even so, oh god, his brain, his eyes, optical illusions squint one way. And this hero, Yui, gondom pilot extraordinaire. Raw strength and explosive reactions bundled up to the most out-of-character attire imaginable. Squint another way, and it was a girl, slender and poised, untouchable, and yet still intrinsically hero. Oh, Allah. Now he was wondering where Hero had stashed his her omnipresent gun. There didn't seem to be enough space for the under the tailored vest. Maybe it small of her his back Talent of time Somewhere in that vast and mysterious space under the skirt caught himself he hoping he needed to go for a weapon at some point. Maybe if she flashed the whole room grabbing for it. He'd get to know for sure. Nataku was quiet. Metal cold. Little pings. He stood there and listened to her. Normal sounds of a machine that had performed above expectations. There were repairs to make, of course. Many after such a battle. Or maybe he'd leave them there as a tribute. Besides him, Heavy Arm stood empty. Barton gone to assist Winner. Maxwell stretched and made foolish faces at the end of the line. Behind him, White Wing rested, stuck in bird mode by all the damage he had taken. He heard the cockpit release and glanced back. Yui had Ewe had won it all, for all of them. When all seemed lost, it would be disloyal to allow him to fall flat on his face. But Yui seemed to stand on his feet fine, helmet tucked under an arm he was tugging at his flight suit collar, opening. Wu looked almost looked away at this point, since Yue's little habits weren't any of his business. Only there was a little frown like pain on his face. And then, when the zipper gave, something like relief. And then there was cleavage. Wu Fei almost gave himself a crick in the neck, whipping his head around. It must be Was that? He must have hit his head, and now he was hallucinating. Only when Maxwell whistled, and jumped into his perch. Death scythes a hatch, his low gravity floating him down until he was a mere couple steps away from Yui. He bounced closer, threw an arm around Yui's shoulders, casually resting his weight on on the other pilot. What the hell? Counted Yui's tank top forward, and peeked in. Oh ho, someone had a growth spurt. Did you go up a cup? Glanced down again, looking quizzical. Must have been cramped to fight that log squeezed in. You're going to have to get another flight suit made, huh? What if you offer to massage my breasts? I'll take it as invitation to use death site for pots again. Whoa there, buddy, Maxwell leaned back, laughing yet looking faintly alarmed. I wasn't gonna anyway, but now I'm really not gonna. That's one expensive grope. Martin touched down with winner. Leaning hard. "'On his shoulder. "'You speak like you would already get "'to put your hands on them first. "'he mused as he walked past. "'Quartre wheezed out a little laugh. "'Wu Fei must have knocked his head in the cockpit. "'Now he was unconscious and dreaming in the middle of battle. "'He was going to get killed and lose, "'and his subconscious was punishing him for it. "'Problem, Chang?' "'Now he'd been caught staring. "'Hissing briefly between his teeth, "'he jumped off... Nataku's hatch in turn. Maxwell was waiting a couple of steps back. He glared at him until he threw his hands up. Geez, okay, I'll go with Coltray. Catch up when you can. He invited casually as he left. And then Wu Fei was alone with hero Yue. Yue's flight suit was unzipped. Down to the last rib, or thereabout. The green tank top underneath was the same as always. No bondages had been peeking underneath. Though... Just two modest, firm curves pressed together, framed by their edges of the tight, thick material of the suit. He scanned her, trying to be objective. She was built like a gymnast, with no body fat to speak of, shoulders mercifully, assisted exercise. He understood how this would be. Tough enough to read as a slender boy. For a meeting or two, it seemed that he had gone the whole war without noticing Without any of his fellow pilots seemed fit to mention it. It was hard not to feel like this was some spit, sort of conspiracy. He was the one the joke was on. It was a silly matter, yet he had been surprised to realize it bothered him. You're a woman! Warrior he respected, most out of all his allies. His peer, physically stronger, more determined, more chivalrous than he was. Was a woman. Not much of one, but still. Yes, he was with an eyebrow arched just a little, as if in vague surprise Wu Fei hadn't noticed that already. But you, he couldn't find words. He had a result of waving his hand vaguely in the right direction. Bulge! Oh, that, Duo pointed out. First time we met. Little shrug eyebrows, frowned that like, didn't get why Wu Fei even wanted to know. Handkerchiefs, people bother me. They that way. Really should have shut up on even there head. Actually, he should have shut up before he could ask an in redundant question his eyes could answer on their own already. He had needed confirmation. Even right now, he felt like he needed confirmation. But if his eyes and his ears said the same thing, he wasn't sure what other sense he had. Maxwell was putting thoughts in his head. He'd been around him too long. He'd been around all of them too long. It's time to go. There's no reason to stay. Whether or not Yui had flashy bumps on his or her chest didn't not affect the fact His balance were all fault. And it was over, and therefore time to leave. No more words coming, the discussion finished. Yui started turning away, back towards her gun. Hero the Dalian girl called from the door and bounced closer. With those shopping bags she was dragging along. Where on earth had she found on either of the peace million or these old mining colony a victorious secret? Oh ancestors, it wasn't a logical departure he was planning any more. It was a desperate escape, and yet the kind of horrible fascination kept him anchored to the door as Renina closed in. It kept Yui too he could see the more from the vaguely longing look that she threw Wing's open cockpit so close and yet so far. Aha, none of that, you promised. Hello, Mr. Chang, Relina. I've thrown away your bandages already, Relina said in a low voice to her fellow pilot. It's not good for your blood flow to bind so tight, and you'll give yourself nerve damage. Bright smiling, she leaned away from her intimate, almost forehead-to-forehead position and looked at Wu Fei. I do hope you're not leaving any time soon. I know you won't want to see any cameras. We've managed to bar journalists from this place for at least until tomorrow, so you'll be well-rested. We're having a celebration. I do hope you're staying. Wasn't planning on it, he said, trying to stand firm. Melina blinked with a little too much innocence. But you haven't even showered. Obviously I was going to shower first, he grumbled back. Might as well spend the night, Yui said. Melina gave her a dimpling smile in approval. Yui slanted Wufei. Familiar, grumpy look, one that looked oddly foiled in, admitting it. On most people it wouldn't have counted as open, showing anything much on you, though. She's making me wear a dress. Tomorrow. Wolfe felt the corners of his mouth quirk up of their own volition. Well in that. He didn't know why he said it. He should have taken it back the second it left his mouth. The other pilots were only pierced by circumstances, and those circumstances were over. there was no use prolonging it another day. He might want to, or not mind him. At least if he was wanted back. Winner would still be injured. Wufe doubted he'd exert himself. He would be a great present. Wufe wouldn't mind having an update on how serious stab wounds were either. Maxwell would curb himself to spare time. Might be nice. Island of silence. Barton would be there with his quietly biting comments. Yue would be there with her breasts. Her dress. He was, he had to admit, disastrously morbidly curious. Could not possibly keep his mind properly sombre while paying his respects to all his deceased ancestors if he kept wondering how horribly wrong it was going to look. I'll decide tomorrow morning, he lied, so he wouldn't look too easy. Yue snorted at him. He waved goodbye and ambled off, leaving them alone together and he would have assumed Trist only yesterday with the small part of his brain that gave it down only but well, maybe it was still a trist although the small almost squished part of his brain that was 15 years old and refused to die off but anyway it wasn't like he still didn't know a woman could be brave no anything. could be resourceful and cool-headed under pressure sadly was could grab an idea and run with it finish life though his own cultural biases meant he tended to see them as exception hero Yue wasn't an exception she was in a category all her own with all the qualities and then that unnatural physical strength and willingness to endure pain and grit her teeth and force through to live and live and live despite everything the same person she'd been an hour ago. Mind saw the world at a slight angle from the rest of them. yet went straight into the point. Didn't trip itself up in doubts and well meaning socialize. and bravely in ideals. Hard won skills the things he could respect in degrees he could admire and cleavage by the way. He was allowed to admire that too, wasn't he? The end. Well, I hope you enjoyed my Gundam style. Of course, remember, you can always follow this podcast on Facebook and on Twitter at The Pit Podcast. And if you have any story requests, you can email me at thepitpodcast at gmail.com. Follow all our updates on YouTube, at The Pit Podcast, and of course... Always remember, there is much drama on the internet. Only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Good night, and the pleasure was all yours.